Welcome, Delia Lloyd, to How to Build a Village. Delia is an American communications consultant and writer based in London, where she writes the blog The Real Delia, exploring the journey of adulthood, as well as Goodreads for Grownups. And I love reading Goodreads for Grownups and hearing your reading recommendations. I always find them inspiring. I've learned about so many books and articles through this newsletter. So I am very excited to ask you what you have loved reading in 2022. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Jill. I absolutely love this pod- podcast, which has featured on Goodreads for grownups, I might add, as a little that plug. exciting. Yeah, I mean, the, the what have I read? I'm going to define that broadly because I, as you know, the, the, the newsletter isn't just about what I read, although that's most of it. It's also, it's about things I find on the internet. It's about books. It's about podcasts and films and TV and loads of things. But I guess I'll start with books. I'm a big reader and I know you are too. And so for me, I was trying to think back which books really, not necessarily from 2022, but which books really rocked my world this year. And Mm -hmm. I came up with two. And I think I'm selecting them because the voice was really unusual. So I'm someone who reads, I like, you know, I'll read like classics and then I'll alternate that with something super contemporary. But these two books stand out because of the narrative voice. So one is by a woman called Samar Yazbek. She's a um, journalist and author from Syria. I had never read anything from an author in Syria. And she wrote this book called Planet of Clay, which imagines the Syrian conflict through the eyes of a child. And the child's a little um, unusual and doesn't speak. So you're hearing, uh, she doesn't speak out loud, so you're hearing her inner voice. And it is an absolutely fascinating and chilling look into that conflict through the eyes of a child. So that's one Mm -hmm. that I love for the unusual voice. Another one that's, um, again, jumped out at me for the voice and is very popular at the moment is called Women Talking, which is about Mm -hmm. a group of Mennonite women who were, it's, it's based on a true story, who were raped by the men in their community and how they deal with feelings of revenge and retribution and justice and all that. And what's interesting in that one, it's narrated, the book is narrated by a man, but he's collecting the voices of women. So again, it's a really unusual book in terms of the structure because you're hearing the different voices of the women as they collectively deal with this trauma. Um, That book, I'm just going to add in case listeners are interested, that book is now a film that's out Mm. right now. And Uh, directed by Sarah Polly and has all these big superstar actresses in it. And in the film, I believe it's narrated by women, not men. I read that in an article. I haven't seen it yet. Now, how do you choose the books and the articles that you read? Because you always have such a diverse selection. Yeah. I think it's it's I think it's because I read widely. And I mean, again, I use the term super loosely. So I collect a lot of information off the internet, um, which is to say I'm an active user of Twitter and I get some great, I'm one of these people who really doesn't want Twitter to die because as much as problematic as it is, I really love learning and I feel that I learn a lot on Twitter every day. Um, So I get stuff from Twitter. I I read a lot of newsletters and if you subscribe to newsletters, you start getting stuff coming into your inbox. So that's another source of info. Um, I have some Google alerts around some terms related to my blog, adulthood and grownups and middle age. That sometimes yields things. And then, you know, word of mouth, um, you know, friends will say, for example, um, Planet of Clay. Actually, both of those books and Women Talking were both given to me by friends. They said, Mm -hmm. I really think you'd like this. 
And I looked in both cases, looked at it and thought, I'm not sure this is my kind of thing. And then I loved them. So sometimes it's just like that. And you, of course, you're a writer. And so you also do a lot of your own writing. I know you're passionate about memoir, working, working on some longer writing yourself. I mean, how, how does the reading inform your writing? I am writing a memoir right now about my family, although I, I'm not at liberty to say too much more about that. But I do I have long written personal essays about my life in in the vein of, well, you know, a, a, the personal essay, the kind you read on all sorts of different um, publications, you know, sometimes in places like the New York Times and sometimes on more more specialized niche online journals. Um, that and my personal writing. Well, it gets me passionate about something. So for example, I did at one point write a manuscript about swimming and off the back of that started reading books about swimming, mm -hmm. books about people learning new skills in midlife, books about, because that book really wasn't about swimming, it was kind of a metaphor, swimming as a metaphor for adulthood. I, it would send me off into, you know, ooh, what do I think about creativity? I'd, I'd have an idea like, uh, or marriage, you know, swimming side stroke is, is sort of an analogy for how you need to run your marriage. And then I would start reading about, I don't know, Alanda Botton's book on marriage or whatever. So the writing does get me interested in things that sends me off on, on tangents, but equally, or reading tangents, but equally when I'm reading something, it will also inform my writing. So I have read a lot of books about how to write memoir, how, the craft of memoir. Mm -hmm. um, and and, you know, more generally, the way right, reading, you know, if you read a good book, it makes you think about structure or voice or whatever it is. And, and, and what do you think makes a compelling book? I'll tell you what draws me in. I, I'm, I have sort of very, I'm a very, I have a very sunny disposition. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I like dark. So mm -hmm. for me, I love dark books. I love dark memoir. I love dark essays. I love dark film. And so, and art. I mean, the whole, my whole I've just read, in fact, let me give a plug. I just read a book called Bittersweet by Susan Cain, whom a lot of people know is the author of Quiet, the Power of Introverts. She's just written another book about why um, sorrow and law is sort of, and longing are part of who we are as people. They make us whole. And that's a good case of the kind of book I'm drawn to because it, it pulls us towards sort of um, truths about the harder sides of human nature, the conflicts, the shame, the sadness, that really speaks to me powerfully. So for me, a good book almost never has a happy ending or a uniformly happy ending. It mm -hmm. usually is something that pulls me into what I would call the reality of the human condition. I find that so interesting because particularly like during the pandemic, I couldn't read dark endings. You know, I feel like we were living in this dystopia, so I had to have happy and delightful books but even even in, in in dark times do you turn to the the dark books yeah I mean it's what I like it's, it's not that everything I do read some I'll occasionally read a light comedy um unusual for me but I will um I yes even in dark times I'm drawn to dark although I will say um there have been if I'm really really tired upset stressed out you know, my go-to is going to be an episode of Friends. So if you make an analogy from Friends to what kind of thing I would read, yes, I do I do indulge in the light occasionally, but it's very unusual. Very, very. But one of the books that you recommended, which I really enjoyed, was called Yes And, written about using improv to that improv game where you say yes and as opposed to no do this instead. And I find myself think I read it a few years ago when you recommended it. And I find that I refer to that 
ethos all the time now. There's conversation, a work problem, even if someone says something you don't necessarily agree with to say yes and as opposed to just shutting it down. Um, I love that idea. So how do you come across or do you often find books that help you in your work? Oh, not just in my work. I mean, I read a lot of what would be loosely called self-help books. Um, and I would, I or put it this way, I read nonfiction books that I would classify as self-help, like Yes And. Yes And is, as you know, it's a book about improvisation and, and games you can play on your own in the workplace. For me, I approach a lot of that stuff as self-development books. Um, so I'm, I may or may not apply exercises from Yes And to my work as a communication consultant. I do. I use a lot of the games in different uh, formats in my work. But I'll, I'll take a concept like that, as you just described, and I'll use it personally. Like, for example, someone hands me a book by a Siri novelist. I've never read Siri about, I mean, I'm interested in the conflict, but I've never read a novel by someone. I look at it and I think, mm, I'm not sure this is for me, but with the yes and principle, I will embrace the book. Or someone mm -hmm. invites me to do something and I think it's too cold, it's too dark, you know, London in the winter, or that's not, you know, you know, that's not the kind of play I like. And I'll just go because I'm embracing that principle. Um, but yeah, a lot of the things I read, I kind of try to apply them to my life um, because otherwise I'm not sure why I'm reading them really. Mm, and and when you said you did your research on swimming, um, both, you know, as a as an activity, but also as, as, as a reading topic. Can you think of um, your favorite swimming book or favorites, any that you oh, um, captured? Yes. Swimming Studies mm. by Leanne Shapton, S-H-A-P-T-O-N, is brilliant. Mm. It's really, it's a mem it's a very weird, it's almost, the word I would use is ethereal. And I say that because the writing is very, it's not concrete. It's not like, she was, a, she was a very competitive swimmer, in, I think, in Canada. I can't remember if it was in America or Canada, but when she was young. And some of it is about what it's like, and I know this because my daughter swam competitively for a while, what it's like to wake up at five and have to go do the, you know, get in the dark and put your kid on and, and go swim. But she intermingles that with sort of memories of being a grown-up. And the whole thing is kind of, again, another strange word for a book, but diaphanous. You feel like you're moving through time and you're moving through space and through screens of light and darkness. And and she's an artist, so she has some fun drawings in it. And that one really stuck with me because it showed me that a book about sport, and I'm not very sporty, doesn't have to be about sport. It's about the self mm -hmm. and self-development. And I, I loved that book. That's amazing. What a great way of putting it. Because so many of these books, like, you know, they've Yes, and isn't just about improv. You know, all these books are about one topic, but then they kind of shoot off into um into other directions. Well, so so what what's next for you? What are you hoping to read and write about next year as we look ahead to 2023? Well, on the writing front, I'm very, very immersed in this memoir project. I'm writing a short 5,000 word kind of not a precy of the book, but kind of a, a spin-off of the book, if you will, that I feel is very timely and gets us and in is a way to maybe lure some attention to the book from agents or from readers. Um, so that's my number one priority is getting that 5,000 word piece out the door and then going back to the longer piece about my family. In terms of work, I'm, I'm continuing my work as a communication consultant. I love it. And that's always going on. In terms of reading, 
That's a good question. I mean, I'm one of many of the books I've read in which I've shared with you are about creativity. And when I look back over my list of nonfiction for 2022, four or five of them were really about creativity. What mm-hmm. three of them were about Sondheim and putting on a show, mm-hmm. two of them written by Sondheim, one written by James Lapine. So there was that. And then I read two by an artist, an American artist who's now deceased called Ann Truitt, who mm-hmm. write, who's nominally a visual artist, but really writes about the creative process. I kind of can't get enough of creativity. So I think in the new year, I'm going to be seeking out more books about creativity and coming at it from different angles as those people did. Um, I don't have anything specifically in mind. Also, uh, I do, there are a few books I feel like, I'm always one of these people who feels like I never read X, I've got to read it. Um, Mm. So for example, right now I'm reading um, The Shipping News, Mm. um, which is a, you know, a classic in a sense, at least an American classic, and I've never read it. And I I found it in one of those libraries on the street where you just grab something and I put one in and took one out. Um, I, I like, I do have a long list of things I want to get back to that I feel, you know, I really don't know what that book's about, but everyone talks about it. Another one is um, Bernadine Evaristo's Girl, Woman, Other. Oh, yeah, Haven't read that. that. And I just feel like they're just books I, I that are in the conversation and I want to know what they are. That's it. And where can people find you if they want to sign up for your book Ooh. recommendations and or other well, ideas? Everything about me basically, that's fit to print, is on my website, realdelia.com. And that's just one word, R-E-A-L-D-E-L-I-A.com. And under that, there's a bunch of verticals. And one of them is my blog. And one of them is my newsletter. But because I love growing my audience, every page you click on, including the homepage, will basically enable you to subscribe to one or both of those. And the blog, because we haven't said much about blogs about the journey of adulthood, mm. Um and the newsletter is specifically things to read or consume that I recommend. And they're both loosely in the vein of, well, they're both in the vein of what I call, you know, this sort of eternal journey of adulthood. Of we're always growing up and it's a process, not an outcome. And they both speak to that in different ways. I really love that. All of your lessons of learning and growing. Thank you. That Thank would- you. I have a lot of fun. Well, great. Well, thanks so much. And I can't wait to reading more of your recommendations next year. Okay, Jill, thanks so much and have a wonderful holiday season. You too.